Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of Believe in Steelers is brought to you by betonline.ag. They'll take care of all of your NFL gambling needs this season. 365, 24-7, regardless of what sport. Make sure y'all check on betonline.ag. You can see the promo code on your screen. It's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome into the Believe in Steelers show. I'm Mark Bergen, joined as always by two-time Super Bowl champion and Pittsburgh Steelers scout, Ike Taylor. IT, today is our 300th episode of the Believe in Steelers show. Right. I mean, 300, 300 is yeah. a lot. That's, that, that's saying a lot about what we got going on. That's saying a lot about how people feel about us. That's saying a lot about our next guest, but I'm going to let you introduce him. Absolutely, and he's a friend of the show. Got to move some stuff around here on the back end of things. Happy to welcome in Dave Damashek. He is the host of the Minus 3 podcast, also the host of Gridiron Gut Check with Ryan Shazier. Dave, it always cracks me up to see which super you have as your name. Thank you and welcome. Uh, you're our first four-time guest of the Believe It Steelers show, but welcome in. It's my greatest achievement to date, um, <laughs> first of all. Thank you for having me, second of all. Third of all, congratulations to you both on 300. And since this is 300, what was Gerard Butler's name? What was, that, what was his name in 300? Ger- that's, his, that's what I'm thinking of, right? The bearded uh, Scott guy, right? You know, the Warriors. The, the Warriors. Well, well, talking? but the that guy, the, you know, the, what I'm talking the, about. The, yeah. Right. The the the, the, the Leonidas. Yeah. Is it King Leonidas? Okay, let's go. Call me Leonidas for the remainder of the show. Thank you. But before anything else, a pleasure always to see you, Berg, and you're a delightful fella. But I have to start with what's most important. Many moons ago, probably about a decade ago. Um yeah, 2023, so about, yeah, so maybe 11, 12 years ago, a current Pittsburgh Steeler on his bye week, Ike Taylor, came into the studio where I was hosting a podcast in its very early days, and uh, this current Steeler was Ike Taylor, and I said, hey, what's the poop? And the first thing he said to me was, the poop is these cookies, because I was a nice host, and I had cookies out for my guests, and Ike said, the poop is these cookies, and there we went, and not long after... He said that, did he start in about how special Super Bowl 43 was for him? And I said, why was it so special for you? Finally getting that ring and the Lombardi. And he said, no, it was getting to have my little boy, Ivan, my my uh, my toddler down on the field there with me. And it really was the most special moment of my life to have all that professionally and my boy and everything was right as rain. And look at us now, 11, 12 years later, and now our boy Ivan is off to Notre Dame to play for them fighting Irish. We did it, Ike. We did it. We raised a star. Me and his mama did it. But, yeah, I get it. (laughs) Yeah, I met him. I met him. No, you did. They said it takes a village to raise uh, a child. So, But, yeah, man, it's just a happy, happy, proud proud day. He deserved everything for it. Um, Oh, man, I'm, I'm happy for you. And I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I got to say, because you'll be sort of modest and uh, Ivan's a great kid and deserves it. And it was super cool that he was recruited by everybody. But I don't have to tell Ike Taylor this, um, but not everybody gets to have parents who care the way you care about that kid and how much you've looked out for him. And then beyond that, just uh, as a, 
parent who cares, that puts him ahead of the game. But then practically a guy who can tell him like, hey, technique wise, you want to do it more like this. And then if you get a call in four years from now to go play at another level, you can be like, here's what you want out of your contract. And here's what you want as you go into your first case, all that kind of stuff, all covered. Good for you, 2-4. Happy for you. Happy for Ivan. Happy for his mom. And now let's talk about something that makes me unhappy. The 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers. Where do you want to open this conversation? So, so, check. So, check. What makes you unhappy? Well, (laughs) come on. I'm not as I'm not as histrionic as most of the people on the banks of the three rivers. They are seven and six. The idea that here's the recurring sort of theme of my conversation coming off of week 14. And, you know, I could go negative with it, which is that, boy, you can really tie yourself in the knots trying to make sense of where Kenny Pickett is and where the Steelers offense is and who's to blame for it. Is it number eight? Hard to really put it fully on him when you watch what his backup did on Thursday night. Also, it's hard to fully blame the coaching staff. But then again, you look at what Jake Browning and Joe Flacco and Bailey Zappi and beyond did in week 14. And then it's hard to put it on the kids solely on the QB. And my theme, though, is as I try to remove myself from just obsessing about this one 32nd of the NFL is to remind myself and everybody else that even though we think we know everything that there is to know about the 2023 NFL season, there remain four games for all the teams out there and there's still much hash to be settled. So if the Steelers win three out of those four, that will be a bump in the road that we'll look back on and say, can you believe that that team lost to the Cardinals and Patriots in five days? And isn't that funny now that we're in the playoffs? Or we'll be talking about the demise of Mike Tomlin, one way or the other. But I, I, I do not think that things are as dire as people seem to be couching them. Although this news about Mike Tomlin maybe moving on, I think is for me has turned into, you know, hot take jive into something that might really end up happening here. So Shay, you got to look at it like this. So what coach would you rather have? At seven to six, other than Coach T, what coach would you rather have a couple of years ago when it comes down to our fourth string quarterback and Doug Hodges and going eight and eight? What coach would you rather have in a situation like this in 2023? It's Coach T. Right. So you can say what you want to say. We all can say what we want to say. I'm looking at the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos didn't start off well at all. I think they're on the six, maybe seven game win streak. Right now. So right now, technically, they're the hottest team going. I know when you're back against a wall, I know what coach I want in the corner. And that's Coach T. So right now, everybody can say what they won't say. I just know over the course of his history, his resume, when it doesn't look good at all, who can you depend on? That's Coach Mike Tomlin. The sentiment I get as well is that you lose to the Patriots, you lose to the Cardinals, but the real frustration stems from the lack of playoff success and not actually winning a playoff game since January of 2017. Now, the sentiment that you get as well on the flip side of that is even if this team sneaks into the playoffs or gets in, because if the season ended today, they'd be there. But what can they realistically do to win a playoff game for the first time in years given the struggles of the offense. Dave, go ahead and hop in. Well, first of all, I think that overstatement, again, uh, you know, 
the the thing you have to observe is is you know get up at the thirty thousand foot view and don't just look at the one team in the NFL. Look at all of it. Look at the defending champs with the greatest player in the history of people and Andy Reid and all that. They've lost five games themselves. Who's so scary that everybody keeps declaring? Like, don't matter if they even get into the playoffs because he's going to get whipped anyway by whoever's. Who do you think is that team? The Dolphins, maybe. But outside of that, do you think if if they wound up in the wild card round and it broke in such a way that they had to go to Baltimore in the wild card round, would you say, well, they, they got no chance. They got no chance to go up there and win a game. Oh, they have to go to Duval County? Would you, would you throw your hands in the air and say, don't even bother going. They got no chance of winning that game. Who is the team that scares everybody so much that the Steelers would have no chance? The only way you could come to that conclusion is by only watching the Steelers, when in fact the reality is everyone, because defense is kind of winning in the ebb and flow, defense is figured out a couple of years ago, which informed the Chiefs moving on from Tyreek Hill. We can't just throw the ball over everybody's head anymore. They're, the defenses have figured that out. We're going to play safeties deep. You're going to have to nickel and dime it. So the superhero powers of Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes ain't going to kill us anymore. So now it comes down to scheme and otherwise. I think all that matters. Um, and I think the Steelers could make some hay if they just get into the tournament. The problem is the glass half empty view is this. And to his credit, and I'm with I'm with Ike 100%. Ike has, has, has said that to me repeatedly in a number of situations like, oh, no, the Steelers definitely win in this spot with their backs to the wall. When you have no hope, Ike will provide it for you and tell you, like, this is the kind of game Tomlin wins. And then he ends up being right about that's the kind of game Tomlin wins more often than not or a large percentage of the time. Roethlisberger gets hurt in week two against Seattle now, what, four years ago? Is I don't even remember right. how many years it was. Oh, a lot of franchises throw their hands into the air. Okay, our Hall of Fame QB is at the end of the line. We have to we have to go back to zero, get the next franchise QB, and go from there. The Steelers, I said 30,000-foot view, so let's fuel the plane in the air. That's what the Steelers did. They did not bottom out. They didn't go 3-13 and 13 at any point as they transitioned. In the Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph year, they just about got into the playoffs. They have continued to have winning records and to make the playoffs in some of those years and make some hay and be relevant when most other teams would have bottomed out. There are some people that in hindsight will tell you they, they would have been better off if that would have happened. Who would they have gotten, though? The math of mm -hmm. who they could have landed gets murky about what would have happened had they really you know, landed in the top five of the draft. That's not the Steelers' way, and it's to their credit. I know if you play 2020 hindsight, say, didn't lead to any playoff wins. The fact of the matter is, scratching their way into the playoffs in some of those seasons, like they did two years ago when Roethlisberger was on his last legs, was remarkable stuff out of Coach Tomlin specifically. The problem is they've transitioned. The 7-2 and two run down the stretch informed keeping Matt Canada. And it made all the sense in the world to me. Like, what are you going to pull the band? You're going to pull the plug now that they're on that seven and two run playing this kind of way. They go the whole off season building up to play more kind of ball, not just winning games, but winning games 13 to 12. I mean, that's kind of how Mike Tomlin's been doing it. And this team for a half decade now, the problem is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ike, there's a paradox here, which is we can win via defense field position as long as the QB doesn't have to be a superhero don't turn the ball over 
don't don't take risks that are going to put the team in a bad spot and look at it. You can make a case. That's exactly what's worked out. Kenny Pickett, they keep winning games. They were in fine shape at six and three, even losing to DTR and the Browns. They were in good shape. All of a sudden, the one essential quality of Kenny Pickett was not turning the ball over. As soon as Mitchell Trubisky goes in against uh, against the Cardinals with the fumble and then uh, against the Patriots, was turning the ball over. And so that is what dooms them. The paradox is Kenny Pickett and the Steelers can't really go as far as they might go until you really turn Kenny Pickett loose, as mm-hmm. Ike Taylor said a month ago. Just cut it loose. You can't be overthinking on the field out there especially when you're the level of talent Kenny Pickett is, which is something a little less than Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and so on. How say you? I think the Steelers, the Steelers organization got so used to seven, Big Ben and his style of play and his extended plays. And at one point in time between him, A.B., the trio, and Le'Veon doing their thing, I think the Steelers uh, for, for a long time got spoiled, especially the fans, even myself included. Mm-hmm. on having a run in the early 2000s where every other year was going to the either AFC Championship or the Super Bowl. I think the Steelers, um, to some degree, like to live in the past, so say. And we always talk about we got six rings. We're, we have to understand, and just and this is just me being honest, is right now we just in the funk. And what I mean by funk is we're not used to what we're seeing on the field. So... At this point in time, Coach T and, uh, and the staff are saying, we don't care how we win, we ain't worrying about style points. And I think for a long amount of time, we have the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, the Aaron Rodgers. A lot, of, a lot of us just take to, why can our team look like that? Why can't we have so, why our style can't be like their style? And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, our style has really never been that style. It's just we got used to them AFC championships and them Super Bowls. So um, what I mean by funk is just going through the adversity right now but we tend to lay our hat on what we used to be in the 70s where we were in the 2000 the early 2000s and now it's just like dang we really do we really is going through a transition now the transition is we still 76 like you said earlier Shaq, we're not in the 13-3 transition we're not in the 4-13 transition our transition is where we at right now that's a 76 record but i just think we get too caught up in style points especially we looking at other teams and how they winning Instead of Pittsburgh still still having a winning record, Dave. What, a, Dave, what, what would you do if they gave you the keys to the Cadillac? And this is going to be a two part question. In the short term, to get this team back on track, what would you do? And then beyond this season, what would your roadmap be? He gonna run every red light. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. You know, Ike Taylor, defensive coordinator, Damashek. I don't know if I'm OC. <laughs> Or if I'm, you know what I might do? They used to do a lot more player coaches than they do these days. Maybe Damashek installs as the offensive coordinator, Damashek at QB. The left Something to think about. Something to think about. Um, I it, it really is an interesting thing because I am of the mind, and you know, a, a big conversation point among Steelers fans these days is um, spoiled. Are Steelers fans spoiled that they always expect to have winning records? And is that unfair and belly aching about the lack of playoff success over the last decade or thereabouts equals being spoiled? And what I've realized is the spoiled Steelers fan is me because I don't just want them to win games. It's, you know, I, the, before you ever landed in Pittsburgh, Ike, 
Or wait, no, you were there for the Tommy Maddox year. No, that was the year a couple years the before. Year. Tommy. Oh, I that played, is Tommy. I played, Tommy. I played a year with him. Oh, you did? Okay. Oh, but not the big year, not the weird magic year where they went to the playoffs and almost knocked off the Titans in Nashville and all that. That you, was the year before I got drafted. Right, right, right. That was the weird year, and it was it was fascinating, but it didn't exactly feel like you were watching the Steelers. It felt like you were watching something different. They were wearing the, the right costumes, but they were behaving themselves very differently, and it didn't sit exactly right. I think I have maybe transformed into this, or maybe I wasn't able to acknowledge this over the many decades I've been watching this team. I want them to win with a style of play that has worked for the Pittsburgh Steelers since I started watching them, you know, and, and you know, and, and, and I don't want to just sound like, an, you know, the bull, you know, might is right. How about that? You know, that, the it, and it sort of transcends the steel curtain days, you know, people swoon. I, the only way I would ever be a tough guy is if I am basking in the reflected toughness of somebody else. Obviously I am meek as I could tell you. If, my, if Ike and I got into a fight, like he would win like three out of four of them. You know, two out of three at least is that fair? Well, I, the, the crazy you think you would definitely beat me? You definitely would beat me in a fight. I wouldn't even want to fight you. Mm, might might not be a choice. Might not be. You might be put in that position. Anyway. Sometimes, sometimes it's good to walk away. Oh, no, all right. Look at look here, Buster. Look here. Watch it, you. I'm gonna hit you right in the kisser. See now. Living um, up to that Leonidas nickname, Dave. Thank you. See, thank you. You brought it full circle. Um, I, so I like, I remember, I know I talk about this every time we sit down because I thought it was just such a fascinating conversation that the way the Steelers win, even under Mike Tomlin, I'm not talking about 1978 ball, was by individual, and it feels like this has persisted through legitimately through eras and head coaches and everything else is beat the guy in front of you. One by one, let's physically beat the guy in front of you. And as we go all 22 with that premise, that is how we will achieve victory. It is not necessarily by scheme or anything else. It is just might is right. And I want that to persist. If they got a quarterback who was a shoot it out guy, and by the way, I think there's a, there's a fixation that you, that you hear around draft time every year. Like, I don't know if that QB is, is, um, is wired to play AFC North ball. Like when it gets cold in December, I think that's largely overstated um, in, in this day and age. But I, the, the way that they're tracking at their best with Mike Tomlin and this, like, as I say, knuckleball kind of approach, trying to drag the high-end teams that want to get into the 30s, dragging them down into the mud to play Steelers ball is a winning approach so long as so long as you don't have one of those three or five quarterbacks that change uh that, that that can overcome the deficiencies of the rest of the roster. That's not what the Steelers have and based on where they're going to be drafting, they're not going to be in that position save making a major Omar Khan like non-Steelers type move to trade up high to get one of those guys. So what the solve is is, you know, I, I think that Ike's point is I, here, here, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm babbling a little bit, but I think the bottom line is this at seven and six, and for all the limitations of Kenny Pickett, and I think, to be honest with you, that guy looks spooked. And I think the paradox is that Tom Lennon company have gotten so in his head about never take a risk. 
that he never takes a risk. And so he's out there thinking and you can feel it when you're watching him play and everything that that's the case that you do have to get him on a different level and, you know, playing more confidently and taking some shots. And if he would have been in the game against Jacksonville, against Arizona and new England, would you, can you really, no matter how cynical you are about the way Pickett's playing, do the Steelers not win at least one of those games? Do they win two of them maybe? Because if you win two of those, now it's a very different conversation. And now you're talking about a nine and four team that's at the top of the AFC standings with the Ravens. And now we're talking about week 18 is going to settle it all. Home field advantage and everything else in the AFC could come down to that. And it would be the same team essentially save the backup playing in some, in some critical spots in those games. Ike, I can take this one if you want. Yeah. So, so as a stealer, you don't look at what the outside world is doing as a fan. You have to look at what the outside world world is doing because as fans, we tend to compare with other quarterbacks and what other organizations do right and how they're winning and the style they winning. I know since 2003, that was my rookie year. I think we went six, six and 10. Um, I know since then we haven't had a losing season. Now, the thing about being a Pittsburgh Steeler, whether you're a Pittsburgh Steeler as a player or former player, or whether you're a Pittsburgh Steeler as a fan, we don't base ourselves off of AFC championships or going into the playoffs. We base ourselves on getting and hoisting the Lombardis. That's, that's just what we do which is not a bad thing. So you can look all around the NFL, the other 32 teams, and be like, which fan or what coach have had a span where they didn't have a losing season? So I look at Coach T and I look at our style and I look at what we got in the locker room and I say, as long as Coach T is the head coach, we have a chance. It might not be, it might not be this year, it might not be next year. As long as that man is having that uh, cross around his neck and that Pittsburgh still an emblem, sitting on top of his head, whether it's a hat or a beanie or a jacket, we got a chance. Because you can look around every organization in the past 20 years, and you can honestly say they never had a chance. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's how I'm looking at Coach T, and it starts, it starts with the head coach. Now, as far as, like, Kenny Pickett, um, we can say what we want to say about Kenny. We can say he's spooking. I don't know what the coaching staff, I don't know what Coach T, I don't know what his offensive, his QB coach is saying. I don't know what the running back coach is saying to him. So I can't speak for Kenny and that coaching staff and what they're telling him, don't throw interceptions. Let's dink and dunk. Let's just get out of the stadium with wins. So I can't say that because then I'll just be talking for him and I don't like talking for nobody. But as far as like the organization and just looking at it from a player standpoint, I think from a player standpoint, and the fan standpoint, checked is the expectations, the style, the we're going to play good defense, we're going to run the ball, we're going to control the clock, we're going to do play action passes the way we need to do, and we're going to come out the stadium with wins. It's just not happening like that right now. So I, I will honestly say the only thing you would say about our offense or we could say about the offense is right now we really don't have an identity. Mm. We really don't. It's just, it's just, it's just too inconsistent. Now – the blueprint, but shouldn't they have? Shouldn't they have? I mean, I know it's everybody on, is on. obsessed about their the blue, the but the identity was to run the ball. They Eddie Faulkner the, was the running backs coach, run the ball on third and second, uh, on third and two, and then run the ball again on fourth and one, or whatever else it is. That that they abandoned the identity. I'm sorry to interrupt you, please. Too, it ain't 
It ain't for everybody. It's not for everybody. Every, every, everybody wishing hope they're in that situation. Then when they get in that situation, it ain't for everybody. You, you know, you know better, Shaq. Like we didn't, we didn't see plenty of people look good on the podcast, but when you have your producer sitting in your sitting in your ear, it was like you got over 50 million people watching. We about to go live in five, four, three, two, one, and they like, oh. Damn. Like the whole world. I would have gotten that way too if I knew fifty million people were watching. <laughs> but you, but you, but no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Check gonna be checked. That's how I respect you. But that's 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 what it is. Sometimes, like everybody want to sit in that high that the high seat at the table, mm-hmm. and when they understand what comes with that territory, it ain't for everybody. So for me, man, I'm gonna let y'all. I'm gonna let y'all fans be fans. I just know from a player from a player standpoint. Um, I can understand how y'all feel. It's just like right now, Pittsburgh ain't what it used to be in the style of play and what y'all are used to seeing. Well, here's where I'm at. Let me okay. hop in here. And here's the roadmap I would take. Mitch Trubisky is getting an extended run right now. Tomlin even says today that he's going to be the starter. Mason's not coming in. So if you're paying him a premium, they're paying him $8 million as a backup this season between five and six in future years. You have an out with him in 2024. So if he doesn't get it done now with the sample size we've seen dating back to his days in Chicago, you have an out. What I would do is this. You bring in a new OC, fresh blood to get Kenny Pickett right. You then draft and develop a quarterback mid to late rounds. And you have someone come in because look across the division in the AFC North. There's other injuries to quarterbacks. You might need a a backup to come in to salvage your season. And if Kenny Pickett is too thin-skinned to not to be able to handle a backup coming in, He's not meant to be the long-term starter anyways. So I'm not saying abandon Kenny Pickett, but we've seen other teams do this. The Eagles did it with Jalen Hurts. The 49ers did it with Brock Purdy and moving off the third pick in Trey Lance. The Cowboys did it back in the day with Dak. This is what I would do if I were the Steelers. New OC, try to get Kenny Pickett right and bring some fresh blood into the quarterback room and some competition to raise his level of play. No, I, I see what you're saying, but the three names you just named haven't won a Super Bowl. Brock haven't won a Super Bowl. Jalen haven't won a Super Bowl. So all the boys, they they Jalen have gotten to the Super Bowl. Brock was an elbow injury away from probably getting to the Super Bowl. But other than that, I get it. So Cote looking at it like y'all keep comparing these quarterbacks and these OCs. And I totally understand, but by the end of the day, if you ain't first, you last. <laughs> so I don't mean to Ricky Bobby y'all right now, but that's just that's just what it is. So. We feel like we all, unless, unless you're winning Lombardis, we feel like, man, you ain't, you still haven't had a good season. You still haven't had a good season. I mean, if you want to talk about style points right now, the hottest team right now is the Dallas Cowboys. When the last time they've been to one? When the last time they've been, when the last time they won the NFC Championship? So that's what I'm saying. We be hearing the style points about fans and what, what we think they should do. But by the end of the day, if you ain't hoisting that Lombardi, it really don't matter. I agree with that. And, you know, some names that come to mind for me, if you, you know, certain seasons when teams like, hey, our guy, we just signed Teddy Bridgewater. It's like you're announcing to your fan base that you're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Like, yeah, but we think we're going to be we think we're going to be competitive with him under center. It's like, okay, but you you ain't going to win the Super Bowl. You know that, though, you might you might be better. So then what are you even doing going down that path? And I feel like the Steelers, to some degree, I guess that's what I'm kind of getting at. Is this as constituted? Is this a Super Bowl level team? 
I don't know, but I do think I deluded myself as I look back in springtime around free agency and the draft. And I thought, boy, this roster is ripe if in a good way, if Pickett is close, this team has a chance to make some do some real damage in the AFC in 23 and then make a real Super Bowl run in 24. And Bergen, the thing with with get uh, you know, a progressive young offensive mind to take over the offense for you is at this point in where where football is in both college and the NFL, I think you'd be really hard pressed to find that progressive mind who doesn't expect to be named the head coach now. Ben Johnson is not taking a, a job to be the Steelers offensive coordinator. Why would he? I think D'Amico Ryans is an anomaly because of the success he's having as a defensive guy. Brian Flores might get a head coaching job. Dan Quinn might get a head coaching job. But it seems to me that the obvious path these days is that progress. Mike McDaniel, Ben Johnson in Detroit, um, Kevin O'Connell, maybe Stefanski kind of sort of. The, you know, Kyle Shanahan and all of his acolytes, Sean McVay. This is the way. So who are the – Byron Leftwich will leave this critic cold if he comes in as the offensive coordinator because he is from a different era that is not a part of the names I just said, that forward-thinking type of uh, – uh, that new braining of, of pro football that Mike McDaniel, I think more than anybody else, kind of represents. So I don't know who you're getting to fill yeah. that OC slot as a number two – but I also think, Ike, you're around them all day. He's your old pal. I have some real concerns about Mike Tomlin coming back. And I know the whole discussion, I know the whole discussion is all about from the media and the fans, and they're very, they're feeling it right now with their fire Matt Canada chance and all that. I think it's dorky. You can do what you want. Your, your First Amendment rights are good with me. Go say whatever you want. But don't expect me not to laugh at you if you're a grown-up chanting fire a grown-up out in a public space. You're dorky. But you're allowed to say whatever you want. I'm saying this. The idea that the Steelers want to move on from Mike Tomlin, what about Mike Tomlin maybe wanting to move on from Pittsburgh, PA, and coach another pro football team? I'll say you. I mean, I think Rich Eisen said it last week. Like, the Steelers fans got to be crazy. If if y'all don't think if 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 Coach T if Pittsburgh wanted to part ways with Coach T, I, I get whether it's TV or whether it's coaching again, Coach will have a job in a New York minute. Okay, but that That's, doesn't mean that that you have to keep somebody because he might get hired somewhere else. That's not the who, reason. Who, you who would you? Around. Who would you? Who would you? Who would you go? If you if you're gonna tell me this check, you got to give me at least three names. I, I I'm I'm not, but I am not saying that they have the, to get. I'm not saying they should. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm just right. saying if if they that's do my question always. Like, T, that's if they do want to part ways with Coach T, I need at least three legit names that you think exactly that can come right. in. I agree with you about that. People always are, are are real glib about like fire that guy, get rid of this one for what? For who? I mean, like, what do you? What's your solution? If you don't have the the when people say like, dude, they gotta get rid of Kenny Pickett, he's a bum. Okay, what do you what, what's your solution to that between now and the start of 2024? Like, dude, it's not that hard. You see Will Levis out there for Tennessee, they just draft the guy in the second round. Like, just draft anybody, they should just draft the quarterback if he's on the board. Like, do, do you care who he is? It's a, they just get a new QB in there. Get somebody like that's not going to 
to work like that. They're not just going it's, it's to. A, it's a little bit easier to to to, exactly to, right. to get. Right. It's a little easier to to change players. It's not that easy to change a coach, especially a Hall of Fame coach, future Hall of Fame coach. So, and coaches are and, and coaches going through it. We can see coach Hall of Fame coach and Coach Belichick. He's going through it right now. He's going through it. Some coaches, you just got to let them go on their time and don't listen to the outside noise. And that's one thing I can say about the organization. They don't never listen to the outside noise. They dictate. They don't let people dictate into their decision making. Good. I like to hear that. I do not want somebody who's who's uh, putting their finger in the air to, to read what the fans are saying. I, re- I know people like that, and you can feel that legitimately. I can feel from here in Los Angeles, there is some real momentum in Pittsburgh that's turning it into Philly or Boston or New York where we can boo people out of town and everything. Like, you don't want to be that Pittsburgh. That's not a – you don't want your owner and and decision makers listening to the fans uh, every week. Like, what should we do, everybody? We don't know. That's not the way to operate. The way the Steelers have operated is as the- ugly As ugly as this season has looked. We're still the seventh seed at 76. As right. ugly as the season has looked. So you can say what you want, say we still got life. Like I think back when we had uh, John McClain on, and he's covered the league for almost 50 years, and I think this was probably about a year ago, and he was like, if the Steelers ever parted way with Tomlin, he'd be hired on the same day by sundown. Man, man, listen, when I was with the network, Sheck knew this, they couldn't wait for Coach T to retire. And I can only imagine the Amazons, the ESPNs, the NFL networks, and I'm I'm talking at least 15 to 18 a year. Uh, off off the rip, off the rip with Coach T. So and money ain't the issue. So when money ain't the issue for Coach T, because he's been making a lot of money for a long time, he's just passionate and I and I see it up close in person. Now, as a player with Coach T, I saw just the coaching Coach T. But now as being in that front office. You see the whole realm of what Coach T can do. Coach T, he got his hands in pretty much everything. He wants his hands in pretty much everything. For me, Coach T, football is life for Coach T. My personal opinion, other than supporting his kids in college, if Coach T wasn't the head coach with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't know what Coach T would hmm. do. But that's just that's just me looking at Coach T from afar. And I know, I know Coach T personally because Coach T is like a big brother to me. So we have, we have in-depth conversations and by the end of the day our in-depth conversations usually rally around being the Pittsburgh Steelers hoisting the Lombardi and coaching <laughs> that's that's just that's just what it is we can go off script we can talk about our kids we can talk about what they doing but for some reason it just come back around to being a Steeler and him coaching Dave is this current team going to make the playoffs say what you chest. Let, let, who was it? Jim Fossil? Well, he he didn't ask Jim Fossil. He asked Shaq. I'm just. Well, I want to do my best Jim Fossil impression. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> this team is going to the playoffs. Yeah, was that was that this speech? He just declared it. Like, get on board or get out of the way. I really do think if they beat the Colts, they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, I do. I I, I do think that they're going to get in there. And it's not even praising the Steelers so much as it is that. Look at the other seven and six teams. There's, you know, the Ravens start at the top. Are you just, 
I, I know the declaration must be made if you mention the 2023 Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> this is a this team is good. Now this team has Super Bowl aspirations and Lamar Jackson, all that. When you watch them play, do you think like <laughs> good luck beating that team? The Steelers have already beaten them. I have I, I have no doubt that the Steelers could muddy it up once again and have a decent uh, shot against the Baltimore Ravens. So you know, starting with that team, the the number one team in the conference right now, yeah, I think the Steelers can make the playoffs, and I think they could win a game once they get there, too. All right. All right. Even with Trubisky as the starter for the next few weeks, and we'll see. I predict he's back. I predict eight's back. I predict eight comes back. As, you know what? Here's my bold prediction for you. I okay. bet you eight plays next week. Not against the Colts. Against the Bungles. I'll say you on that one, Ike. Uh, that's tough. That's tough. And you know, Omar been on my Omar been on my back bumper. He already don't like me doing these shows, so I gotta I gotta keep it. <laughs> I gotta I gotta keep my pay grade the pay grade. So I will let y'all too bigger against that one. Okay. Oh, I like that. See, you're saying too much stuff. That's that's a great note, Bergen. Yeah. You should lead with that. Yeah. Like Ike saying too much truth. The Steelers are getting. I love that. Um. Dave, I do got to ask you as well with Flacco and Cleveland, like would it just come full circle if Roethlisberger signed with Cincinnati? Like this is just uh shame the devil. Don't you talk that way. Don't, don't talk that stuff. That's we cool. got shame the devil in on the episode. Ike. it's been a good podcast. I don't like that. You want to talk about karate movies or something? Ike? I, whatever you want to do, man. I know how, you know, hey, you know, I'm a Bruce Lee head. I know you are. I know you are. I know you love the Joker. I it, it's amazing how often I am I find myself telling people like you know it's like Guy Taylor says I, I I do that quite a bit. I found myself doing that, um, and I'm not trying to wrap it up, but I do have to go back to saying that it is Ike's truths are great and uh, are are great life advice. And I mean I can't imagine if you're Ike Taylor right now how cool it must be. I mean, you obviously, I don't know if you know, you played football yourself, but the idea that in a few months you're going to be going up to South Bend to watch your boy wear that gold helmet and everything. I hate Notre Dame, but even I know that's cool. I don't root for Notre Dame. I might make an exception. Dave, when I saw it on the ticker on ESPN, that's just kind of when the reality sunk in for me where it was like, wow. You got to look, look at it like this. So we talk about this when we smoke and stogies. Like as a dad, you always want your son to be a, you know, a two point ver two point oh better version than you, and I can honestly say he light years of head of me than I ever would be. But at the same time, I'm sticking to the game plan. So, and I I, I tell people all the time, get your three, five, eight, ten, fifteen year game plan. And we've had this game plan, and we said it's not going to be easy at all. You know, and this is for the whole house. I said this game plan ain't going to be easy, but if we can just stick to this game plan, by the end of the day. It's gonna work out just fine. So right now it's uh it's on the up and up, but I gotta I gotta toot my horn to 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 my son. Like I told him this and he just like took off. I said, bro, if I gotta tell you twice, twice to do something and you say you love it, you don't love it. And from that point on, I haven't have I haven't had to tell him nothing twice in life. Um he he's not in he's he don't love football. So I, I say there's three things. So you like something, you love something, or you're in love with something. My son is in love with hmm. football. He likes school, 
but he understands to get where he wants to get to, school is just a part of the process. You know, he do a 3.9 GPA, core GPA. So he, he gets all that part. And I got to tell my hat off to his mom because she helps him a lot. She helps him with school. I take care of sports. I take care of the disciplinarian part, which I rarely have to do. Other than listen to your mom, I'm not going to tell you again. And I, I hit that I hit that fatherly voice, and he's like, "Okay, Dad, I got you." So once you once you once you once you stick to that game plan, and this is what I tell people all the time, just like as an individual, especially as a parent, get a three, five, eight, ten, fifteen year game plan, and just uh, stick to it. It'll it'll work out. That's what I had to do. Like I I didn't. My mama tell me all the time, every time she come back down, she was like, man, at 18 years old, me at eight years old, you said you was going to make it and take care of us. And you stuck to the, you stuck to your plan. She was like, I don't know if you was just saying it just to say it, but you was doing things a little bit different. You took me to the prom. You wasn't going out. You wasn't partying like everybody else was doing. You said, once you get to that point in life, you'll be able to do it as you get older. So I said, damn, I don't even remember telling you that. So I said, you know what? I'm going to raise my son the same way. And my son is the same way. He gets home after school. He's on his plan, 5.30, between 5.30 and 6.30. He eats dinner with his mom. 8.30, 9 o'clock, he piled on his fourth dream. <laughs> he, he's knocked out of sleep. 4.30 come, he's at my house, him and his homeboys working out. So we just, we just sticking to the game plan. I say, son, you want to sacrifice now and retire at 35? Or you just want to work for the rest of your life for the rest of your life? So, so let's let's make let's make this make sense. So, he, he show him a picture of you and show him a picture of me. Which one do you want to be? <laughs> like, oh, who's that slob? What? I, I'll take anything but that slob, please. I listen. I think it's a fascinating thing that something that I I, I don't think I knew 15 years ago that I do now that you just kind of touched on the successful football players are su- almost across the board super duper disciplined. They like the, they like the structure. I think people think that players do, for whatever it don't like structure. I think the successful but they We're love structure you. Creatures. Yes, we, give you me the time love to wake structure. Up, give me the right. time to meet this. Give me the, like I'm a structured individual. Just me just like winging it on my own. I'm not good to the world at all. At all. Right. And, uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have too much fun in Alaska. I'm gonna have too much fun in Montana. I'm gonna have too much fun in Wyoming. I'm, I'm just gonna have too much fun. Give me a schedule, and I take off from there. Right. That's right. But I do want to go back very quickly though. So wait, you took your mom to the prom? Yeah, yeah. I, I seen your picture. Next time I seen your picture, I took I took mom to the prom. What I was saying was she's more important than everybody else. Hmm. It's pretty nerdy, Bergen. <laughs> I gotta. I don't have anything to add to this conversation uh, right hey, you now. Got kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> if one, I, I, I just, I want to say right now, I'm not a praying man, but I would make an exception and uh, send a prayer upstairs. Please don't let one of my daughters ask me to the prom. I would feel really sad if they're taking, because wow. it would be embarrassing for them to drag this old fool in the uh, tuxedo in front of their friends. <laughs> Hey, this I this I feel about my dad. I feel like none of y'all guys, what y'all trying to do, how y'all trying to pursue me, can match my dad. That's a that's a that's a heck of a feeling, Shaq. I'm telling you. All right, okay. I'll I'll keep my heart open to it. 
I'm over the moon though for you and uh, with, with the way everything. I, I really am because I, I, one of my all-time uh, favorite human beings, uh, and uh, you know, I, I always forget what it's called. It's a Q rating is how people think of you. I've never, with the exception of Mo Damashek, known anybody who can go into any room with any number of people and types of people and win the room in four minutes or less the way Ike Taylor can. Mo, and Mo Damashek. Those are the two Appreciate. who Appreciate. can do that. So I appreciate you doing this. And now I need to let you go, Ike, because I want you to go fix these Steelers. And I don't mean for 2024. I want you to fix them for 2023. These last four weeks are important. The hash is not settled yet. This team is going to the playoffs. And it starts by beating Minshew on Saturday, uh, an hour north of where I matriculated for four years of my life, Indiana University. Let's get right. Let's get to the playoffs. And I'll see you in the wild card round, Lamar Jackson. And then we'll see who is still the beast of the East or the North. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, Shaq, thanks for coming on the show. It's always good to see you. What a coincidence. Our 300th show and Shaq back on this thing. So that says a lot about you and how we feel about you. Thanks for taking your time out too, Shaq. Well, I just sit on this Zoom link and wait for you guys to show up. And then like once every like six months or so, you guys show up and I'm like, oh, great. Let's go. Let's talk about stuff. You know, that's how it is. All right. Listen, Bergen, I, I uh, appreciate you having me in here. Always a great time. Ike, a pleasure to see you. Happy holidays to both of you fellas. And let's make sure it is a happy holidays. Let's win at least three. Four would be a little bit better, Ike. For Dave Damashek, our guest, a.k.a. King Leonidas, 300. Ike Taylor, swag and you. I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching Believe in Steelers. We will see you next time. Until then, take care. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.